It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Good morning. Great to see you guys this morning. Now, listen, I want to start this morning uh, asking us to use our imaginations, but I need to warn you that I might take you into a very uncomfortable place in this particular thought experiment. All right, so just imagine this. You wake up tomorrow morning and you get a message from your bank and your bank's telling you that they've opened a brand new account for you. And it's not a scam, it's like legit. And there's a balance of money in there. And that balance of money is, is comprised of all, the, the, the entire total of all of the money that you've wasted in your life up to this point. It's all come back and it's been placed in this one account. And when I say wasted, I'm talking about all of the money you bad habited away, all of the money you consumer debted away, all of the whatever happened to that thing I bought, I can't remember, I don't even know what it is the way, the I only wore it once the way. And now all of that has been gathered, scooped up and stashed in this one account in your name. But there's a wrinkle. And the wrinkle is the only thing you can do with that money is give it away. You can either give it away immediately, you can give it away in instalments, but the only thing you can do with that money that you've lived without after you wasted it is give it away. How many think that'd actually be kind of fun? Yeah. Okay, well, hold on to that very challenging thought because I'm going to come back to it. Now, as we've seen, this is a series we launched at the beginning of a brand new year called You'll Be Glad You Did. Timeless advice for troubled times. And that word advice, that's really key here. We're not talking here about moral principles. They're unimportant. We're not talking here about rules. We're just talking about advice. Unoriginal, well-trodden, proven to work advice that if you... Take it on and apply it. You'll be glad you did. First week, we talked about connecting the dots. This idea of one of the signs that someone's maturing in life is when they start to understand that the decisions we make today will impact our tomorrow. And therefore, applying wisdom to our decision-making today will actually have an upstream, uh, sorry, downstream impact to our tomorrow, that one thing does really lead to another. Last week, Steve preached about this idea of just listen. You've probably noticed that we live in a society that is increasingly one-way traffic when it comes to communication. That people feel not only that they should have an opinion about everything, but that they should share their opinion about everything. And that if you don't agree, then it's obvious that you didn't understand. So I'm just going to turn the volume up. I'm going to say it again, but this time I'm going to shout it, all caps. 
And, and, and in this environment, the ability to listen and listen well is actually a superpower that can set us apart and actually give us a better outcome for ourselves and for the people around us. Today, I wanna to talk about the idea of what it means to live generous. Now, you grammar boffins might be like, uh, 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 live generously. Uh, okay, I'll concede that, sort of. Um, but I've chosen these words very intentionally because like you guys know what it means to be generous. Like all of us do pretty much. Somebody knocks on your door and is collecting money for a worthy cause. And if you've got some money, you might be willing to hand it over. You go into your shopping mall, someone's got a booth there collecting money for a worthy cause. Maybe a friend is short a few bucks. You might be generous in those moments. That's be generous, but it's not the same as living generous. In fact, I would put those kinds of things, which are good, by the way, into the category of random acts of giving. Something that we can be doing, important, there's a place for us, but it's not the same as living generous. And I'm gonna put it to us today that this commitment to living generous is where real life change happens, both for you and for the people that are impacted by our generosity. Before I get into like, what does this actually look like? What does it mean every day to live generous? Let me bust a few myths. Now, you might not have these myths. These might be other people's myths. You might have one of these myths, two of these myths, but these are myths that actually could kind of get in the way of us living generous. This is the first one, the myth, and I've just kind of tickled on it, that generosity is spontaneous, which again, there's a place for random acts of giving but this isn't the same as living generous. This one tends to be more emotion-based. This one tends to be more in the moment rather than a pattern of life. This flows over to this one that generosity is or has to be regulated by cash flow. You know, somebody knocks on your door and makes the ask or somebody, and you're like, your first thought is, ah, uh, and you're like, stumbling around for your wallet or have you got any money in your you know, uh, phone app? Or, and, and your answer could potentially be based on that. I'd love to, but I just don't have the money on me right now. Well, then that becomes a limiter. And people who live generous actually don't get stump, stumped by this one. I'm gonna come back to that. This one's a big one that it's the amount is what counts. Well, so someone just tells you or you hear about it. Someone tells you, oh yeah, I gave $1,000 to that or to them or to that thing. And, and you're like, $1,000? Now, is that a lot or is that a little? Well, well you don't know because you don't know their context. See, someone might say, I gave $1,000 to that. And, and, and yet that same person, they regularly take friends out for dinner on a Saturday night and spend $1,000. So it's like, oh, okay. But see, you only know what's a lot to you. Like when you give an amount, is that a lot? Only you, you know that because you know your context. And we hear some kind of, 
you know, big numbers being thrown around, like the, the billionaire's pledge of uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates trying to give their money away. They, they, they've, got this, they've got this very terrible predicament that they give billions away and then they earn it faster than they can give it away. Oh, rich people's problems. Um, <laughs> but the reason this becomes problematic is sometimes we look at our own context and we might assume because we can't give that big number, like why bother give anything at all? Can't give much. The little I can give, it's not gonna make a difference anyway. So why bother giving anything at all? Well, Jesus actually addressed this one directly. So back when Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, there was a Jewish temple. Now, right at the entrance of the Jewish temple was a thing called a temple treasury. We don't know if it was a barrel, a bucket, a, we don't know. But there was some sort of collection kind of framework whereby before you entered the temple, you would drop some money in and give to the temple treasury. Now, on this particular day, Jesus scooped up His 12 closest followers and said, and, 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 and said to them, let's just stand next to the temple treasury and watch people give as they come in. Now, by the way, I have always found this very particular setting in history to come across as really quite awkward. <laughs> oh, Jesus is watching. No, they didn't know who He was. Anyway. So through the day, people would come in the temple, give. Jesus is watching. His 12 merry men are watching. People are giving, people are giving, people are giving. Then this very, very specific thing happens. So as Jesus looked up, He saw the rich putting the gifts into the temple treasury. And He also saw a poor widow put two very small copper coins. Which by the way, would have, I mean, literally, if I had one, you probably struggle to see it. And it's because it's, it's almost worth nothing. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others, which actually the implication is more than all the others combined, that compared to them, she's put in more. Now, you're one of the 12, and Jesus says this, and you've seen it. You saw this woman. You saw the rich people doing what they're doing. You've been watching them all day. You saw the woman come in, the widow, give these two copper coins. And then you heard Jesus say to you, He's put in more than all the others. Now, you might understand girl math, but this doesn't make any sense. You'll be like, uh, Jesus, I don't think you actually understand math when you say that she's given more than all the others. But what Jesus was trying to get across to them is this is kingdom math. And when it comes to kingdom math, the percentage matters more than the amount. That he was saying to them, she didn't give a greater amount than all the others, but she gave a greater percentage. This was more significant to her. This was a bigger sacrifice to her. And it seems to me from this very interaction that God's more impressed with percentages and sacrifice than he is with just raw amounts because he then said this all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth inference they didn't really miss it but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on imagine that she got credited that day by the son of God as being the most generous person to have entered the temple what an incredible incredible endorsement 
And then there's this one. I just riffed on it. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, etc. Myth is rich people are generous. Well, maybe. Some are. But it's not an automatic correlation. The, co- the automatic correlation is that generous people are generous. Some of them are rich and generous. Some of them are poor and generous. But the, the, the big threat is generous people are generous. So what does it look like to live generously? And, and by the way, I'm aware that maybe this whole idea of living generously may be easier for some of us than others. You know, I've got some friends who raising their kids have taught them from the very day they started getting pocket money uh, to give the first to God, to the church. So if Junior gets 10 bucks, the first 10%, $1 give to the church, Junior, you get to keep $9. And Junior's like, I get to keep $9? This sounds like a pretty good deal. And has learned that from day one, been taught that from day one. I did not get raised in that context. This was not my experience. I got raised in a church. I got raised by parents who actually were pretty good at doing the random acts of generosity, random acts of giving thing. You know, every tax time, they'd collect up all of the little uh, little receipts. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Pull out the shoebox and these are all the things they gave to, Red Cross and all this good stuff. Um, but I didn't actually get taught this. I didn't get taught this. The church I grew up in didn't teach this. And so it wasn't until I was in my early to mid-20s that I was a part of a church that started to teach this kind of thing, that what, what Jesus says about handling money, what God says about generosity. And consequently, I had the choice to make. I, I hadn't been living generously up to that point, And I had to make the decision. Now, thankfully, I course corrected. I'm like, God seems to have a lot to say about this and it actually points to something really good. Good for me, good for others. And in that time of my life and since that time, which is now several decades later, um, I've continued to commit to living generously and Louie and I commit to living generously. And I can say to you, I'm glad I did. And my invitation to you is if you need to make that pivot based on where you're up to at this point in life, you will be glad you did. So you look up dictionaries, you'll see definitions for generosity, maybe even some for generous living. I'm going to give you one. It's kind of a made up one, but it just makes the point. And it's this. Warning, a lot of big words. The Generous living is the premeditated, calculated and designated releasing of financial resources. A lot of big words, so let me break it down. Let me start with premeditated. In order to live generously, you actually have to have a plan. Without a plan, you might do the random acts of giving, but living generously requires this idea of being committed to having a plan. Like this is what I am going to do with the money that God blesses me with, blesses us with. It's premeditated. Now, this is not, uh, how should we say this? This is not how the majority of our Western culture live. 
Okay, this, what I'm talking about today is very, very countercultural. Very countercultural. And I'll show you this. There's a, 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 a money finance author named Ron Blue. He's written a bunch of books on money and investing and all those sorts of things. This was actually his first book called Master Your Money. And in that book, he outlines, basically says there's only really five things that we can do with money. It's like just this simple, just, just gonna state the facts. There's only really five things that we can do with money. We can spend it. We're like, yeah, I know. Uh, we can repay debt, which is what you do after you've spent more than you had. Pay taxes, which the government doesn't give you a say in, but the point is that's where some of your money goes. We can save it and then we can give it. Now, I wanna just peel back the curtain here. This was as far as he took it. But I wanna peel back the curtain here from a kingdom standpoint and, and actually show you what this looks like in terms of who and what and why is behind. Spend it is about me first. Uh, repay debt is about me second because I put me first and spent it. Okay, government's third. You wish they weren't even on the list, but they are. Uh, save it, me fourth, and others last. And I wanna press you a little bit if you're a Jesus follower. If you're not, then what I'm about to say, this, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're a Jesus follower, I wanna press you a bit we can't live like this. This is, this is the antithesis of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Everything about following Jesus is about others first. And Jesus demonstrated that by putting us first. He came to earth for us. He died on a cross for us. He denied Himself. He denied heaven for us. And if our list looks like this in this order, I'm gonna just say it and, 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 and maybe you can thank me later. Uh, this is not what following Jesus with our finances looks like if giving and others come last. And really, I think it's one of the reasons Jesus talked so much about finances and so much about giving is, yes, he wants, he wants us to put Him first and others first in every single area of our practical everyday lives. And this one is, for some people, it's the hardest one. But it's the one that when you cross that threshold, you really are demonstrating, I'm now all in when it comes to following Jesus. So, Premeditated, calculated. Generous people predecide. Generous people don't wait to be asked. They don't even need to be asked. They're like, I am going to do this. I'm going to do this. I have a plan and I've got my percentage figured out. That widow knew she went to the temple with the two copper coins. She wasn't fumbling around. She went calculated. And this is like this is a keystone of what it means to live generously. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. That includes with our finances, putting the kingdom first. And I'll say this more from my experience than I can't give you the scripture and verse. I probably could, but I didn't write it down. So let's let's say I'm not going to be able to do that. But I'll tell you this from my experience is that 
when you start to live like this, premeditated, calculated when it comes to generous living, it actually starts to impact every facet, not just of your financial life, it starts to impact every facet of your life, life, joy, peace, freedom, purpose. And I'll come back to some of those good things later. And then there's this third one, designated. Generous people don't just predecide the percentage, they also predecide the destination. Like who or what I'm going to give to. And uh, they're proactive about that. They don't have to be asked. They don't have to be thanked. They don't have to have a banquet held in their honour to recognise them. They don't have to have their name put on some plaque somewhere or some list somewhere. It's just like they say, this matters to me. And because it matters to me, I'm going to predecide the amount or the percentage and I'm going to predecide the destination. Louis and I prioritise the local church because we believe that the local church is the hope of the world. So our designated giving priority is the local church. And we know that when we're giving to the local church, we're giving to people's eternity. We're giving to see generations shaped and changed and released. And, and so this is the thing that matters to us and we don't need to be asked. In fact, one of the things, like we talk about finances and giving like regularly, but we don't like go, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, don't say that. All right. This doesn't mean you don't do the random acts of, of, uh, of uh, giving, okay? But, but those are add-on giving. This is bedrock. This is foundational. This is keystone stuff. And so when we teach, which we do every year, a series on financial management, we teach this pattern, which is our best understanding of the biblical pattern when it comes to not just not give, but actual financial management, that these three things matter and that these three things are in the order of priority that God instructs us to do. First, give, then save, then live. I'm gonna say it again. This is upside down compared to the culture that we currently live in. This is, this is completely upside down, but we're called to be people who live in kingdom culture with kingdom priorities shaped by kingdom values. And, and, and here's what this actually leads to. Giving leads to more joy. Saving leads to more peace. Then living on what's left and no more leads to more freedom. It's kind of paradoxical. Putting others first actually brings us, <laughs> us an inherent benefit. I love that. It's a win, win, win. All right, so back to the email that you're gonna receive tomorrow morning from your bank, that you're gonna first check if it's a scam and then you're gonna discover it's not and that they've opened an account for you consisting of all the money that you've wasted in your life, me included, there's a lot, up to now. And you stare at that number. And for some of you, that number's gonna be, ah, oh, yeah, okay. For others of you, it's gonna be like, 
wow. And you are not gonna show that number to anybody. Um, <coughs> but, but it's hypothetical, I know. But imagine if that was the case and, and, then, and that caused you to think, boy, what a difference I would have going on in my life and my legacy if I had been doing this from the day I got my first pocket money. Or, okay, if you're a kid, we'll give you a free kick. Uh, if you'd been doing this from the day you got your first pay from your first job. I'm gonna simply say that number that the banks sent you in this fictitious email probably would not be a very big number. And, and, and instead, you'd be reminded of this incredible impact that you've had on the lives of the people around you because you've been living generously for a long period of time. Now, I mentioned my parents earlier. My, my mother is still with us. Uh, I mentioned my parents earlier. Great people did the random acts of, of giving regularly. Um, we had this conversation about living generously when I started to learn about it. And I remember my father just saying, I would be scared to do that. Like, you know, I appreciate his honesty. So I would be scared to do that. And I've met people since then that this idea of living with this order of priorities when it comes to our finances is terrifying. Because some of them, they're struggling just to keep a handle on the live piece. And you're saying that should be the third. I stay awake at night like, what? But I, I just want to say, and 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 I'm not I'm, I'm I'm teaching this as someone who's who does this, who's committed to this. We are. So I'm not asking or teaching anything that we're not doing ourselves. I would think that the thing that should scare us is living another day or another season of our lives, not doing this, and 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 potentially having that amount that's in this hypothetical bank account going up because not only will other people miss out on the far side and, and, and there's the impact of living generously, but this is how Jesus put it. It's actually more blessed. You'll be happier. Your life will be, your life will be richer. It's more blessed to give than to receive. All right, now, Jordan is gonna come up and stay right over there because you're still taller than me. God has not answered my prayers yet on the late growth spurt that I've been asking for. Talk a bit about giving, share a story in a moment. I just wanna uh, preview. This message is kind of an appetizer for a series we're gonna launch and teach in uh, February. Ah, that's far enough. Okay, no, out of the screen. That's far enough. <laughs> called, <laughs> called, called more than enough. Uh, called more than enough. And, um, and, and, and I just wanna teach through February about and really unpack that we serve a God who's not less than enough, who's not barely enough, but who's more than enough. And this doesn't just apply to finances. This is God, He's more than enough of whatever it is that we need 
in our lives. And I, and I, and I can't give you a spoiler, but uh, some of you do know this. We're gonna be launching an actual once in a generation um, opportunity. It's not selling essential oils, okay? Uh, <laughs> or uh, cleaning products. Um, and, but when we teach through this, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, launch a, a once in a generation opportunity, a real legacy opportunity where we're gonna look, take the opportunity to pick up from the legacy of generations that have gone before us. This, our church is 74 years old this year. Uh, amazing. And uh, there's been pioneers in our, in, our, in our history that have brought us this far. And uh, we're gonna be talking about an opportunity for us to pioneer into the next generation and the next season as well. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.